Okay, hello folks, this is Opposing the Matrix. How you doing there? Um, this is Dave, and hey Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great, Dave. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Oh good, it stopped. Um, we had a little bit of a, like a hissing noise, and it went away. So I guess that had something to do with uh, Skype, which never ceases to surprise you <laughs> at the most <laughs> inopportune moments. <laughs> um Folks, it's been a week since we've been on, and uh, hey, we've really missed you guys. And uh, want to thank all the new people that have joined us on um, on Rumble. Uh, not a day goes by when I get five or sometimes even ten uh, little things on my watch that says, "Hey, so and so is now watching you on Rumble," and I'm like, "Wow, this is great!" And uh, listenership on Spreaker's gone up, so we want to thank you for that. Um, and so everything is is honky dory. So. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be um, approaching some subjects that um, are kind of controversial. Um, there may be some of you that might turn this off in the middle of it because you hold to one view or another. Um, so basically, uh, the, the, oh, the scoreboard, or should I say the, uh, the, the menu, let's look at the menu. Um, we're going to talk about... Um, uh, let's see, misinterpretation of scripture. Uh, is there, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. Um, does Genesis talk about two creations, which would mean a pre-Adamic uh, civilization before Adam, um, which would ask, ask the question, did sin enter the earth before Adam and Eve sinned? Um, is, uh, did Eve, did Eve uh, have relations with Lucifer in the garden? like some people are proposing. Um, will there be a false rapture? Um, is the, when it talks about the uh, the beast in the temple uh, during uh, Revelation, is that going to be in the actual temple or in the temple of the body, uh, which is called the temple of the Holy Spirit? I think that's kind of a no-duh moment there, but we'll, we'll go into it anyway. Um, yeah. uh, well, the... Uh, <laughs> What happened to the false rapture that was going to happen in December? That never happened. Um, will there be a false rapture? Um, and we'll talk about other things, too. Uh, Brian was reading an interesting article he's going to present to us here, and um, and it's from real news. <laughs> it's not uh, rumor or anything like that. But um, anyway, um, so we'll, I guess we'll get the ball rolling. Brian, if you want to... Um, since it's going to be talking about uh, annihilationism, that's the, probably the first thing we should talk about. Since you've yeah. got a pretty interesting article that you were reading to me, if you wanted to read it to everybody, that'd be pretty awesome. I think that that would just pave the road, so to speak, so for our, our conversation tonight. Yeah, let me uh, here. Give me a minute it's on my phone. Okay. Uh, see, and it's the title of this article is a fifth dimension of Earth's core just discovered that hell as described by Isaiah and the, just a paragraph or two says a new algorithm has allowed scientists 
to declare that the earth beneath our feet has a fifth layer, coming closer to the order originally described in Jewish mysticism. A fifth layer has long been suspected, but until now there has been no uh, proof. Geologists from Australian National University created new search algorithms to compare thousands of models of the inner core with travel time data for seismic waves, publishing the results in the Journal of Geographical Research. So that's a great end to this, isn't it? Um, yeah, really. So I'm going to go back to this, okay, Dave? I'm going to, I read sure. it, but I want to go back to it. Um, Definitely. Uh, I, this annihilation um, thing that's out there, first of all, what I found, um, it's not in scripture anywhere. Not anywhere. And just right. the first rule of thumb I, I go by is when something happens on the news or somebody's telling me a new type of theology or whatever it is, I always try to back it up and see if it's in the scriptures. And that's the first indication if it's legit to me, if it's really something. And so obviously I, I don't see that anywhere where a person dies and then God just eliminates them like they never were. Right. I, I I just don't see that in the scriptures anywhere. Actually, I see the complete opposite. And um, the people that are teaching that and pushing that are doing great harm to the church. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in the church, the church world, that aren't uh, really grounded in the scriptures. And they may take hold of this to give them comfort that if they're in heaven, the loved one that they once had that's not in heaven is not suffering in hell, but has been just basically eliminated like they never existed by God. Right. And so um, it was interesting to look into this tonight and, and today, yesterday. Um, it's kind of a big thing out there. It really is. And like I said before, Dave and the audience, if it's not in the Bible, then don't then forget about it. It's it's not worth your time. It's going to be it's a false teaching. And so. I wanted to read some scriptures, if it's okay with you, Dave. No, no, go for it. Up evidence of the opposite of what this says. And uh, let me look here real quick. Um, in Matthew, i got to get my Bible app on. I had it on already. <laughs> uh, okay, Matthew. Sorry, folks. There it is. Matthew. 25, verse 46. And it says, Then he'll answer them, Truly I say to you, the extent that you... Oh, let me back up a little bit. Is that the right one? 25, 46, yeah. These, oh, yeah, it says, verse 4, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So the whole thing about uh, being destroyed at the end of life, you know, when you die, that God doesn't send you to hell, that you're just done. It says right here, the unrighteous, the unsaved, the, the ungodly, who don't know Jesus as their Savior in their heart. It says they will go into eternal punishment. It says right here, this this is Jesus actually saying this. This isn't Brian or Dave. He says mm -hmm. go into eternal punishment. Well, the only way you can be punished if you 
to suffer punishment, you have to have some type of body that will suffer pain. When you're being punished, you're not not existing. You're existing somewhere. And this place is called hell or Sheol in the Old Testament, which means underworld. And and so it's eternal punishment. That means it's forever. So this right. thing that they say that God's going to empty hell out and that the lake of fire, uh, I, I read this today, too, that it's where God basically gets you're not you're not you have no soul. No, he'll destroy the soul, the spirit and um, you're, he'll destroy you completely. There'll be nothing left of you. You won't be thrown into the lake of fire because you there'll be nothing of you. And so mm-hmm. but that's not true because it says right here. It's eternal punishment and punishment right there. The word punishment means you have to have uh, some type of physical body to receive the punishment. And then um, let's see here. Um, it actually says in Revelation 20, verse 10, let's go there really quick. Sure. Revelation 20. That's the easy one. Sorry, at the end of the Bible. Verse. Oh, where is it? 2010, there it is. And this is, and it says, verse 10, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Mm-hmm. That much answers it right there, because well, somebody would say, um, that the devil's there, he's not a person, you know, or fallen angels are there, they're not people. But it says the beast and the false prophet. Mm-hmm. The beast well, the beast is the Antichrist, the false prophet is his Robin, Batman and Robin, that's what I call him. He's the guy, <laughs> he's the guy that brings down fire, he's the guy that makes the image speak, he brings all the signs and wonders to give the the Antichrist uh, um le- make him legit. And so there they are thrown into this lake of fire. And these are not angels. These are demonically empowered people that are, we have yet to know who they are. We, have, we don't know who they are. We don't know exactly when this is going to take place. But this is the future. And so this whole premise that when you die, that and you're not a believer that God just eliminates your existence so you don't suffer. That um, that actually nullifies the death and burial resurrection of Jesus. Because right. that teaching, Jesus came to set the captives free. Now, I know that verse is used a lot for demonic oppression, but it's actually also should be used for free from the gates of hell. Because if you don't know Jesus tonight, or you are saved now, you were, and Dave and I were at one point, destined for hell. And there is a physical place called hell. The Bible is very, very clear on it. Jesus talked, I think, more about hell than he did heaven. Yep. And, he, and he came to die and to raise from the grave because the Father didn't want us to go to hell. He wants us to be with him. And there's some that are chosen to go and some aren't. We talked a little bit about that last week, but this week, that's why Jesus died. So people won't go to hell. Mm-hmm. And if there's no hell, then what did he die for? <clears throat> I mean, 
It's just, it's just, it just makes people feel better. They think, oh, my loved one is not in hell. They're not suffering anymore because they don't have a body. They're not in hell. They're not in torment. So they've been completely annihilated by God. There no memory of them, no soul, no body, no spirit. Done. Uh, that makes that supposed to bring comfort to the person that's in heaven. Because I've I also read and I've heard people tell me this in church. I know there's a heaven. No, I know there's a hell, but is there a heaven? And I've heard I know there's a heaven and there's no hell. I've heard it both ways from leaders in churches. Mm-hmm. And so this subject is um, not taught enough. Scripturally speaking, there's a lot of um, people out there that say these things and believe these things, but they really can't back it up with the Bible. Right. And so just like we're going to do tonight, uh, Dave, and we're going to show you guys from our perspective that what the scriptures say, which I just said, when you die without Jesus, the scripture says you go to hell and torment. And it says that... um, let me find it here. Yeah, Jesus went down to hell. In 1 Peter 3.18, Jesus went down to hell after he died. He went down, not hell is not a good word, but underworld. Sheol was the, a testament word back then. He right. went into the underworld because at that time, before he rose from the grave, folks, people died who were righteous went to paradise. And people who other people went to, to hell. And there's a scripture of that with a rich man and Lazarus in Matthew. And it talks about when the rich man died, he was um, in torment. It says he was in torment and agony in this plane. Right. And he saw across this great uh, distance, uh, like a canyon, almost like a Grand Canyon kind of thing. He saw the poor man laying in the arms of Abraham. And And it's funny when you read that, it's not funny, it's just interesting. When he speaks, he doesn't speak to the poor man, he speaks to Abraham. Mm-hmm. On earth, the man was so arrogant, he wouldn't even give the crumbs from the table to feed this guy. Whatever right. the dog didn't eat, that's what he ate. And so he still got that arrogance to him, but at the same time, he's crying out for help. And he talks to Abraham, he goes, uh, touch your finger in water and touch the tip of my tongue. For I am in agony in this plane. That's a physical place, folks. Right. And Abraham says, I can't go to you and you can't come to me because between us is a great distance. But they could see each other. And so is is there a hell? Yes. Is there ever a time in, in, in our future where God eliminates hell? And everybody who doesn't know the Lord is just completely wiped out where there's no body, no soul, no spirit. So they won't suffer anymore. No, because what happens in Revelation chapter 20 uh, and 21, there's a called the lake of fire and it's called the second death. And they, it's called the second death. For, the main reason is it's 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 hell on steroids. Right. You can imagine that. It's, it's hell on steroids by 10. Mm-hmm. And so there's a time coming, Dave, and you know, we've read this in Scripture, that God's going to empty out hell, Hades, uh, in the depths of the ocean where everybody has died and gone. Um, he's going to bring them back. 
who's going to judge them, the great white throne judgment of unbelievers, make that very clear. Mm-hmm. And, and whoever's name is not written in the book of life, Lamb's book of life, will be thrown in to the lake of fire. And it says they're thrown in alive. Right. So if there's no, if there's no punishment for sin, <clears throat> then why in the world would God send Jesus down here to die? Right. This whole um, annihilationism takes that away. Mm-hmm. And and I and I I've heard and people have told me this over the years. Well, God's a God of love. Why would He do that? Why would He allow somebody to go to heaven with the memory of their loved ones in hell? And actually, there's when we're in heaven, God. It says, and if I can look it up. Um, let me see, folks. Is that where it says there will be no more suffering? It will wipe the tears yeah, from it. every eye. Yeah. No more tears. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. No more suffering, no more tears. All the old things have been made, are gone. All the things are made new. So it says no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more nothing, no more death. So when you're in heaven and when we're in heaven, Dave, and with our families and everybody's there, um, God does us a favor. By wiping those memories out, mm-hmm. how he does it, it's not mind control. It's just that when we're in heaven, folks, we have the mind of Jesus because we will see him as he is. We'll, we'll have the ability to look at the Son of God in his face and not die because we'll have mm-hmm. supernatural bodies, um, heavenly bodies, and we will have the mind of the Lord. And so, that is going to keep all that sorrow and pain away forever. Right. I don't think we can, I don't think I can fully explain it until we're there and understand it because this is some stuff is just we're not we just got little glimpses, but um, he's going to wipe all the tears away, folks. So if you're here seeing this tonight, you're just COVID's uh, just got you down. You lost your job. You lost your restaurant. You lost family relatives have died. Or you've just lost a spouse or whatever it is, and you're a believer, it gets better. It gets better. Our future will be better, even though the temporary afflictions of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that's revealed in Jesus. Right. So um, it's just this. Um, I, I, when I started reading more and more about this doctrine, whatever you want to call it, Dave. I was getting a little upset because this really puts a lot of false hope in people that mm-hmm. it, and it takes away the, the it takes away the resurrection. It also makes it like, you know, why would I even witness to my brother? Oh, well, they're not saved, but if they die, it's OK, because God's totally going to get rid of them anyway. They won't suffer in hell. Right. Uh, and that's just not. The way of the Lord. That's just not God. He, you got to remember, folks. God is a just God, and remember, God didn't throw anybody in hell. He threw themselves there. Yeah, we put ourselves there. We all mm-hmm. have three choices. And tonight, if you don't know the Lord, I'm, I would beg you to just ask the Lord in your heart or look up the scriptures. Look, John three sixteen is the most famous verse in the world, but it's the most powerful um, because this life is short. You know, I'm in my early 60s, and uh, 
it's been a blink. I mean, it's just like time is just flying by, right, folks? It's just yeah, definitely. We're already three months into 2021. It's going into spring, and daylight savings is starting Sunday, I think. So, yeah. So it's just um, if you're a believer out there listening to me or or watching this, be in the scriptures. Don't just believe what I say or Dave say. Be a be a man and woman of the Lord and be in the scriptures. Look stuff up and uh, and you, you know we have computers now on our phones. It's not that hard to do. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, the Lord made hell for fallen angels. There was a war in heaven, millennials and millennials ago, and Satan lost. He took a third of the angels with them, which are now called demons. It was a major battle, and that battle is still raging on, but it's more on the earth now than it's not in heaven. It's more here, mm-hmm. and. And uh, he made those prisons for them. But because of the rejection of God in the garden by Adam and the sin of Adam and Eve, God had to fix and make a plan to fix what happened in the garden. And if he didn't, all of us, every single one of us would be destined for hell. Now, God didn't have to do anything, right? He could have right and started completely over, but he didn't. He had a plan from the beginning, and the plan of salvation is actually in the first chapter of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And so it's just hell was meant for the devil and the angels, but now God has it for us too. If we reject him and his son and his payment on the cross for our sin, and you're a good person tonight. It's a, I have a lot of family members that aren't saved, good friends too, that are good people. And I, 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 I don't, I didn't write this. God wrote the scriptures, but goodness will not get you to heaven. Right. Um, thinking that when you die, you just stop existing. Um, it doesn't change the fact that you will not stop existing. It's just like I, I deny there's gravity. So I'm going to jump off a cliff. I can deny mm-hmm. it all the way down until I hit. There's gravity. Right. And there's hell. And when you die without the Lord, you will go there. And the Lord doesn't want you to go there. That's why exactly. he sent Jesus, Yeshua uh, HaMashiach. That's why he did it. He sent mm-hmm. to pave a way and to bridge the gap between us and the Father. And Jesus is called our advocate, which is another name for our defense lawyer. He's our lawyer. And so he's up in heaven uh, with me and Dave. Yeah, uh, that that Portuguese guy down there. I'm Portuguese, folks. He's been tough today. But, you know, Jesus comes out. Yeah, he's been tough. But let me see. All all his penalties and traffic fines have been paid already. He's okay. Right. And so so it's just this um, annihilationism. Is I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it's right from the devil. It's just, well, it's it, not- it kind of reminds me, Brian. Of uh, first of all, it reminds me of Mormonism because Mormons think that they can pray their their yeah. people back get baptized for them, and then the, those that have died and without being part of the Mormon Church have are able to then be part of the Mormon Church and uh, their sins are forgiven. But it also reminds me of Catholicism. Because in Catholicism, there's two doctrines. One is purgatory, 
And that's yeah. where people that's where people go when they they haven't quite been good, and you can pray them out of purgatory until they go to heaven or they they complete their sentence, so to speak. And the other one is limbo, where they send babies that haven't been baptized um, in the Catholic tradition. Um, so, and and there's a bunch of other religions too where you can atone for your own sins, but uh, and. You know, that was a lot of people. I've run into people, believe it or not, a lot of them are New Agers that told me, you know, well, when you read the the book of Revelation, you know, yeah, it's weird. And and uh, John must have ate some bread that had uh, had the, you know, the bacteria that makes LSD or whatever, you know, yeah. and he was having a trip and that's what he recorded, you know. And I'm like, OK, well, is there a parallel to it with what uh, John said in the book of Revelation? And yes, there is. Uh, there's several parallels, and one of them is in Matthew, um, where there's uh, a group of people where Yeshua is talking to them, and he's saying, "Hey, you know, I want you to come here. You're on my you're on my right side. Come over here. I want to talk with you. You know, when there was someone hungry, you fed them. When they were in prison, you visited them. When they were sick, you went to them, um, and things like that." And he's, he says, um, and the king shall say unto them, verily I say unto you, and as much, well, cause they, they start, they start asking him, when did we do these things? You know, I don't remember doing this. You know, big deal. You know, I went and visited somebody in the hospital. I would do that anyway, because I would expect somebody to do that for me. You know, and that gets into the whole, um, golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, but, um, and he's, and they're like, well, when did we do all these things? And he said, well, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And then it says, and then he shall say also to them on the left hand. Now the people on the left hand, he talks to them and they think they're going to heaven because he, they did things purposefully. You know, they, they did it to get uh, merit badges or brownie points in heaven or with the Lord, you know. Or, um, or for whatever other reason they did it. And it says, then he said, then he shall he say unto them on the left hand, and you got to understand, folks, in Scripture, left hand and right hand are very important. Uh, they were through, throughout most of history. If you were on the king's right side, it meant you favor, he favored you. On the left, he didn't favor you. Uh, the left, as a matter of fact, in medicine, uh, the, the word uh, for left is sinister. <laughs> um so, you know, that just goes to show you what, uh, where that comes from. But, uh, it's been with the Romans. It was with the Greeks and everybody else before that and with the, with the Hebrew culture too. And I'm sure before that. But, um, he says, uh, so he says to the people on the left hand, uh, who are, were all saying that, uh, well, anyway, he says to them, uh, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. Now, everlasting sounds pretty permanent to me. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, well, I'm going to keep this fire going until I run out of wood and then we're going to let it go out. Um, and be, that was prepared for the devil and his angels. So he is talking to the people, evil people who are going to be assigned with the place that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And then he goes on to say, for I hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. I was a stranger. And, um, and then they start arguing with him. <laughs> uh, and it says, then uh, shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when, 
were you hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or, or sick or in prison and didn't we and we did minister to thee and he said to them uh, verily i say unto you inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these you did it not to me um, and and these shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal so that pretty well um, I don't know if you ever used to watch Monty Python, but right at the end of the introduction, it had a foot come down and step on something, and he heard a squishing noise, and that was the end of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I see that when I read that last yeah. scripture, it's like that foot coming down and squishing that thing. It's like, okay, this is this is dead. You know, this is a dead subject. So yeah, there's there's no way. I'm sorry. I mean, you're free to believe what you want to believe, but. Um, like you said, it would make the the, the sacrifice the, of the Lamb of God um, null and void. Because yeah. it would, yeah, yeah why, why even come down? Why, if God didn't regard sin in such a matter, why would he destroy the whole earth um, with a yeah. flood? You know, uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, um, actually, I'm not sorry, but I'm using it metaphorically. But yeah. that's just the way it is. It You know, and... Um, yeah, I think everybody would like to think that, you know, their relative that was, you know, not quite up to muster with what the Lord required, um, that there's a way that they could bail them out, so to speak, you know, and uh, there is no bail after you die. Sorry. Um, uh, there's no bail. There's no bailsman and there's no paying, paying the uh, bail fine. So, um, thinking, yeah, you know, like I said, you could think that all you want. Uh, it's been presented on this radio show before, um, you know, last year or something like that. I think way before you came on, Brian, um, uh, that a loving God would never do that. A loving God would never um, kill somebody you know, or, or make them suffer. Excuse me. And then, and then you get into the whole death and Hades thing. Well, death and Hades were to different places. Well, if you look at that scripture that you read in Revelation, mm-hmm. um Death and Hades are the same thing. Um, it's the it's the uh, abode of the uh, the dead. Hades is, and um, from that article you read, uh, the scientists are starting to find out that it's real. And um, it it it's um, it's some place you don't want to go. Um, there's been books written about it. Uh, I read a book a few years ago by a woman. Now whether this was true or not, I don't know. Um, but she wrote a book where supposedly the Lord took her to hell to show her what it was like. And, you know, it's, it's possible that that could happen. I don't know. Um, but, uh, when he was walking around with her, you know, there were people like, you know, uh, one guy was, I think, in a, in a, a cage and he was being tormented by demons. And she said, well, what was his deal? You know, and, and she said, well, he was a pastor when he lived on the earth, you know, when he was alive. And, um, you know, but he was a false shepherd. He was he he really fleeced his flock and everything. And and so the guy comes to the bars in the book and um, and he says, listen, he says, Lord, if you just get me out of here, I promise I will. I will just make up for everything I ever did wrong. I'm sorry. I realize you were right. I realize that you are the way, the truth and the life. And, and that I just led many astray. And I acknowledge that. And and all of a sudden, when the. um when the uh, pardon my dogs, folks, um, when uh, when the, he was denied his request, all of a sudden he started cursing Jesus out. 
you know, you know good, blankety, blankety, blank, you know, different words and stuff like that that I'm not going to say on the air, nor can I can I say them. Um, but he just showed his true colors. He was he was a person that was on it still on the left side, trying to uh, appease the the Lord of the Universe who knew who knew the heart of all men. Scripture said that um, he wasn't uh, fooled by anybody because he knew all men's hearts. And uh, evidently, when when you go to hell and you um, you possess that body in hell, you possess your your evil heart that you had when you were on the earth, and um, it goes along with you <laughs> as a testament to who you were. So um, anyway, um, so I think we've pretty well written off annihilationism. Um, it's not scriptural. In no way is it scriptural. No. Um, but people can believe what they want to believe, and but. Um, the important thing is that um, if you if you believe something and it doesn't exist and you're teaching other people these things, then there's a penalty. There's a there's a price to pay for false teachers, and uh, that price is, is not a pretty price. Um, Yeshua said that uh, for anybody that uh, beguiles or or teaches falsely, it would be better for them. If they would have a millstone tied around their neck and they were cast into water and they drowned in the depths of the sea. That's that's a pretty uh, millstones were. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but probably uh, about the size of um, or even bigger of uh, maybe a big Mack truck wheel, you know, and uh, that's pretty heavy to begin with. But having it tied around your neck and plunged into the uh, the Marianas Trench in the Pacific or something. Uh, that would not be a good thing. Um, yes. So <laughs> anyway, um, so let's see what else were we gonna were we gonna talk about tonight? We were gonna talk about annihilationism. Um, is it biblical or a machination? And we've kind of figured out pretty easily that it's a machination, meaning yeah. that it's a machine that people use to make themselves feel comfortable. Um, Oh, yeah, this is another one I really love, too, because it's so easy to disprove. And let me let me give you a little detail before we go into it, folks. When um, having sort of a Jewish mindset, I can I can relate to this because um, and, and a lot of books that you read are kind of written in this vein, too, and especially the Bible. Um, what the what God does many times in the Bible is he explains something. And then he'll talk about something else, and then he'll go back and explain it even further. Anybody want a chewini? <laughs> I'm very. <laughs> um, but um, so what he does, he, he presents an idea, then he lets you ruminate on it for a little while, and then he's like, okay, well they've chewed on that for a little while. Now I'm gonna, I'm really gonna explain to it, explain it to them to a further degree. And um, so when we look at Genesis, um, I think it's uh, what chapters one and two. I think chapter two is where he creates man. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, so and it leaves it at that. And then the man and the wife lived in the garden. And but then it goes back later and explains it again. And a lot of people use that to suggest that um, that God made two creations and they they use the premise that um, that the first creation wasn't quite right, which is, you know, <laughs> which is saying right away, first of all, that, that God didn't do it right the first time. 
second of all, it's saying that uh, sin existed in the world before Adam and Eve sinned, um, which there is, is clearly unbiblical, and um, and it makes it makes God look like a um, and uh, a God that doesn't know what He's doing. Okay, and no, it's not that way. Um, now a lot of people, and this kind of goes into the third step we're going to talk about tonight. A lot of people use it to say that there was a pre-Adamic uh, civilization on the earth, and that maybe Satan and his angels did something on the earth, and God had to create, uh, um, destroy the earth, and recreate it again. Well, there's no evidence for that. They'll, they'll say dinosaur bones. Oh yeah, well, look at the dinosaur bones; they're millions of years old. Well, first of all, let's put a check on that because. That means that sin and death existed again before Adam and Eve uh, sinned, okay? Um, there's nothing in the Bible that suggests that. It says, through one man, sin entered the world, and through another man, the forgiveness of sins came. So there was no sin before Adam and Eve. But um, it uh, it continues on, or they continue on usually and say, well, you know, this, this would explain the the, the days not being quite days, that they were epics or they were eras. And again, we're talking about, they're, they're trying to meld Dar- Darwinism with, um, with, with biblical scripture. And again, we can't do that because the only way for Darwinism to work is through mutations and death and, and, uh, and recreation. And, uh, nothing in scripture is supported by that. And death didn't exist before Adam. But, um, in any case, uh, there's a, and I don't know if you you looked it up, Brian, but there's a, there's a um, a case, uh, not a case, a, a story where uh, Adam was def- um, oh he was approached by a, a, an entity named Lilith, and um, and that he had sex with Lilith. I can't think of another way to put it, and um, and also that. Uh, that Eve was, it says she was beguiled by the devil, which means she was lied to. Um, it's, it's quite clear um, that she was lied to by the devil, but um, that uh, she had um, relations, that's a better way to put it, with uh, Lucifer, and that's where Cain came from. And then this whole thing snowballs, you know, well, you know, Cain uh, was, wasn't really all human. He was a... Uh, uh, sort of a Nephilim and that, you know, that's, and that's why it says that, uh, and one, one fellow was saying that, um, it says uh, in scripture that, uh, Cain says, I'll be a fugitive in all the earth. Well, that phrase is used many, many times in scripture. Um, and, the, and the one scripture I can think of is where David says, Oh Lord, Oh, oh Lord, my Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it just means around, all over. It doesn't mean that his name is great inside the earth. As a matter of fact, it's probably not revered inside the earth right now. Um, so to, to to say that that word means that you have to you have to use it in every other term because that was, there's what is that there's there's a law of um, first mention or something like that in scripture where once it's first mentioned then it has to be um, used that way in the rest of all of scripture. So if if it says that Cain, it does say that, that Cain was complaining that he would be sought out and a fugitive in all the earth, 
Um, it just doesn't wash, using that as the word for inside the earth. Now, that's those same people say that Cain um, was the father of the Nephilim. They, they make a differentiation between the Geborim and the Nephilim from Genesis 6. Um, and that Cain, along with other Nephilim, went inside the earth when they knew the flood was coming, um, only to reemerge outside the earth after the flood was over with. And my goodness, it makes for a wonderful novel. It really does. It, <laughs> it does. Um, James Patterson, you know, let, let's get a hold of James Patterson and have him write this one up because this would, this would be quite interesting. But, um, and I can't accept that kind of twisting of scripture, that, that, um, contortion, um, the torquing of, of the words of scripture, um, and, and, and have it abide on, you know, on the radio show or wherever, anywhere in my presence, actually. So I don't know. Um, I'm assuming you looked into it. Do you have any thoughts on, on all that? or? Well, obviously, it's not scriptural anywhere. And right. if it was hiding in the earth, that's not a place to hide during the Great Flood, because most of the water came from inside the earth. The great fountains of the deep broke forth. And uh, there's been scientists that have found uh, cracks and crevices in the ocean floor that are massive, like a, like an egg got cracked, and they don't know how they got there. Well, I could tell right. how they got there. The earth, earth got cracked open like an egg by the Lord to allow the water out. And uh, mm-hmm. if you look it up and study about the flood and, and uh, just uh, the ocean floor's got marks on it, like something was drugged across the ocean floor. And that's the continent being split apart because it was one at the time, Earth was one mass of land, dry land. And so there's this archaeological uh, evidence everywhere to, to prove that. Um, and the fountains of the deep, uh, scientists say they went up a mile in the air, uh, probably. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's like... It's like God says the sky's blue, Satan says it's red. God says the water's uh, clean to dry, I mean, good to drink. Satan says, no, it's dirty, it'll kill you. It's like everything that is anti-scripture is so opposite of what God says. It's, it's obviously a lie because it's so far the other way. You actually have to twist the way you think to think that way. And get past common, you almost have to throw common sense out the window on some of these things. Right. Like Satan has a relationship with Eve. It's like, um, no, he, he didn't. And first of all, if he would have, that would have been in the scriptures, but it's not in the scriptures anywhere. And these things that are being out there now, especially with the Internet and, and um, you know, all the technology we have now to get information out. There's a lot of good out there. Um, and there's a lot of junk, a lot of garbage. And what's um, bad about this is that believers pick the stuff up and they say they're, they say, excuse me, air quote, they say they're Christians, that they know the Lord. And they latch on to this, you know, this stuff and they make a whole doctrine out of it. Mm-hmm. Next, you know, that's where, that's where cults come from, Dave. Right. Stuff like that, you know, and people will literally kill themselves for somebody 
to follow this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, like David Koresh and, and the Waco thing and all that. And um, so far as uh, uh, that, in just we were talking about the, the, the sex in the garden, the Nephilim. Um, Cain was maybe a Nephilim. And folks, if it's not in the Bible and there's not verses to really back it up, and not even a theory in the Bible, not even a mention of anything, it's garbage. Right, garbage. It's to get your attention and my attention off what the real scriptures say, to get mm-hmm. us chasing all these things that really are just a waste of time and a waste of life. Right. And as believers, we're supposed to be rightly dividing the word of God. We're supposed to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove, as a walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And but a lot of us, uh, because of COVID. Um, have been distracted by that, frustrated with the whole government lockdowns, and not right. We haven't read our Bibles in months. We don't even go to church anymore. Not all the country. I know there's a lot listening tonight. You're in church and you're opened up. Thank goodness for you guys. That's great. But here in California, we're not. We can we can still we can meet, but intense um, and uh, mass. You have to wear masks and do all that. It's it's just it's just bad, but believers, the Christians who know the Lord, should be the forerunners of what's about to happen on the earth. And what's about to happen is the Lord Jesus Christ is about to come back to this planet to set up His kingdom, not the Antichrist. Right. Yeah, the Antichrist is going to try it first. But he's going to fail. I'm sorry I'm getting off track here, Dave. So, no, you're not. So, cool. So, yeah. but the way the way the way demonic forces work, let's just go, let's just talk about, let's not talk about people right now. Let's talk about demonic forces and angels. Demonic forces deal in lies and mistruths. They take a part of a truth that's partly true but they twist it demonically to fit their narrative for their plan for mankind. Angels do the beckon of the Lord Almighty. They are not going to twist anything. They are going to, when they bring a message to like Daniel, I think it was Daniel when he was praying, and he had to fight a demon over Persia to get to him with the answer. Uh, those The angels are... Beings that are sent to serve believers or the elect, and they're sent to protect us, to keep us safe, and to bring uh, God's word to us if they have to, or God brings it through the scriptures or however it is. An angel could show up to somebody in their room and speak something from the Lord to them. That, that's happened. It's happened in scripture, and it can happen. It happens now, I believe. Right. But at the same time, the enemy, the demons, Take things like uh, annihilationism and make it a doctrine for some people. Make it where people actually write books on this, teach on this, and teach it in their churches. Why would they do such a thing? I don't know a man's heart, but if you're teaching something to your people that isn't backed up by Scripture 100%, then it makes me wonder who you really are. Right. Who are you? Right? 
Mm-hmm. What, where does your uh, allegiance lie? Does it lie with the Lord or does it lie with yourself? If you're doing this for yourself, that's demonic because that's the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's the flesh, and, and the demons are cheering you on. And I don't mean to pick on people, but we're living in a time where a lot of junk is being thrown at us from every direction in, in our homes and, and all this politics going on with the election we just had. And there's all this new technology coming out and the, the vaccines, all this stuff. And then the morality of our country is just going down the tubes fast. And it's because... We are leaving the precepts of the God behind. We are walking away from the precepts and the laws and the commandments of the Lord. We're leaving them behind and doing our own thing. And when you do that, as a believer, and you start walking that way, you're walking on a slippery path. Um, you'll go to heaven if you're a real believer, but you're going to not have a, a life filled with blessing. And then to those out there that you say you're a believer— and you're teaching the stuff that Dave and I are talking about right now, wholeheartedly teaching it and not being even feel a little bit of guilt or like maybe this is wrong. I would suggest you take another look at salvation. I take I would suggest you look at first uh, John five eleven and read that and ask yourself, do I really know the Lord? Because this kind of stuff is out there. Um, Having teaching that Satan had sex with Eve without scriptural basis is wrong. It's just wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lead many, many people down a road that is wrong. And you'll be held accountable for that. So I would say to you out there, uh, really make sure you know the Lord. Because I can tell you right now, the Holy Spirit in a real believer and you, if a person starts saying, who says they're a Christian, that there's not three gods, there's actually four. And his name is whatever, whatever, whatever. And you right. really believe that, and you call yourself a believer, I would doubt. Only God knows your heart. I would doubt you're a believer. Why would I doubt that? Why would I make that judgment? Because the scripture says there's three. Father, mm-hmm. Son, Spirit. You say there's four? And you twist scripture around to say there's four, but there's really not. And you say you're a believer. I would say you need to ask God if you are, because you're violating the principles of scripture. And what right. we're talking about tonight is all the things we're talking about tonight are violating scripture. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And so it's, we talked earlier, is there a hell? And some people say there's, you know, there's no hell. There is a hell. We actually just touched on it. Um, that when you die, you just are, you're just gone. You don't get sent to hell or you go to hell, but once you're taken out of hell, you're just gone. They explained it very well that that's not true. You're not gone. And we get, he gave scriptures for that. And so um, this whole premise that Satan had sex in the garden and he is maybe part of, a, of the Nephilim, in our, or part of hybrid or, or whatever you want to call them um, is is not true and, and how can I make that statement and be because I don't see it in the Bible and 
in the world that we live now, like they, they, we, we talk about this all the time. Uh, things are just going crazy right now. It's like every day there's something else going on. There's only one thing that we have that is true and solid as a rock, and that's the scriptures, and that's the Bible. So right. um, this this whole teaching uh, that we've just been talking about, you got to be careful, folks. Um, you got to be careful. If you're a born-again believer um, and you believe this stuff, you need to ask yourself if you know him. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to promote this if it's not in the scriptures. Anyway, that's all I have, Dave. Well, you know, I was looking at that scripture, uh, you know, with Cain. Yeah. And uh, when he was first born, and it said, And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Okay. And um, the word man is usually Adam. Okay. But it, there is another word called is, okay, and it's um, it's if anybody cares, it's uh, in the lexicon, it's H three seventy six or the Hebrew word three seventy six in um, um, Strong's Concordance. And um, let's see, I just wanted to look this up real quick. Uh, it could be a man, a mortal man, a person, or mankind, men, a man. Okay, um, and that's that's from the uh, the word entomology. Okay, but the regular word is uh, means uh, a man or a male, um, human being, person, servant, mankind, champion, great man. Um, so it's definitely talking about a man. Now God was really precise in Genesis six. When he was talking about the fallen angels, which were angels, just like Satan, except Satan was a cherubim, um, right. came down to earth, and uh, the, it says the sons of God, but it means angels, um, and had uh, sex with human women, and and then they bore themselves. Um, well, there's there could be two words: giborim, which means great men, mighty men, and there's another word which is nephilim which means a fallen or earthborn. And I would think that the same God that had um, uh, Moses, because it's thought that Moses penned the five books of Moses, excuse me, um, would have been quite accurate in using the right words when he was telling Moses what to write. And Mm -hmm. that if he used the word Geborim or Nephilim in Genesis 6, to be a hybrid of what was born, um, then he would have used the same word in Genesis, what was it, 4, I think I said, uh, talking about the birth of uh, Cain. Uh, he would have said a Geborim or, or something, but it's clear, Eve says, or Chava, if you want to use the Hebrew, um, says that I have born and I have gotten a man from the Lord and the Lord war. <laughs> I'm uh, dyslexic in my talking tonight. Um, is is Yodhe which is uh, well, it's translated out here Yehovah, but um, really it's um, um, Yahweh. Um, so she got a man from Yahweh, and I think personally, I think that it's kind of blasphemy of uh, in one of its higher degrees. 
to say that uh, that Yahweh is is Lucifer or or Satan, um, you know, because that's in essence that's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, now yeah. you, you can go, you can go in some of the extra biblical books, like I think it's the the first book of Adam and Eve. Uh, there's some some books that are uh, when you read them, you know, you take them with a grain of salt, but uh, there's a testimony of Moses and stuff like that. And um, and one account, because you wonder why uh, Cain would have been so angry to kill Abel, you know. Um, yeah, well, you know, Abel was a, um, a husbandman, basically, of the animals, and Cain was a worker of the ground. Well, the ground was cursed, okay, so when you worked the ground, you were working, working and cursed ground, and the animals uh, weren't necessarily cursed. But um, so anyway, when you read some of these accounts, you find out that there's more to it. You find out that um, now this is this is a supposition, okay? Mm-hmm. I I think kind of think this is true because um, many of men have killed each other over a woman, <laughs> okay? Um, and, and and vice versa. Many women have killed each other over men, but not so much. Um, and it, according to what I've read, according to Jewish tradition, um, Cain had a twin sister, and so did uh, so did um, Abel. And Abel's twin sister was beautiful, and Cain's wasn't so beautiful. And uh, Cain wanted um, uh, Abel's sister to marry, and uh, but. Adam and Eve or Adam and Chava wanted um, Abel to marry his own sister. And back then you could do that because the gene pool wasn't as messed up as it is today. And um, so that is uh, one of the other reasons why um, why uh, Cain um, was, was wroth with Abel. And also um, it says in that book that Cain brought forth an animal actually for the sacrifice. Um uh, that differs from the Bible, though, because that's, that's that kind of bothers me, because it said he brought forth the fruit of the ground uh, mm-hmm. for a sacrifice. Um, and, you know, I'd have to really look into the wordage of that. And there's no lexicon. There's no, um, um, you know, uh, commentary about those books. So it's kind of hard to look up. But um, even if you were to bring an animal, he was um, – he, he wasn't doing it out of his own heart. He was doing it out of selfish motivation for what he could get. And when he didn't get it, that's when he killed Abel. But, um, uh, and I guess a mark was put on, um, on, uh, Cain. As a matter of fact, if you look in scripture, and I just had it, and I, I, I went to another scripture, so I don't have it anymore, but it talks about, um, Lama, Lamech. And there was two Lamechs in the Bible. There was one that came through um, um, Cain's line and one that came through uh, Adam's line. And um, and this this particular Lamech, uh, I, I do believe, was from uh, Cain's line. But um, it says that he um, he says, I, I killed a man out in the field today, and I'm afraid that, you know, that I'm, vengeance is going to be exacted upon me. Well, when you read these other books, you come to find out that he was poor in eyesight and he actually killed Cain. Um, now, if that's true, Cain could not have gone into the inner earth. 
and unless he he had some kind of resurrection or something um right. you know from the dead but you know that that didn't happen and but anyway um so the speculation that um that Cain was was a nephilim is or a or a Kiborium or whatever is totally unfounded um and um we knew we know that uh, God provided uh, Adam and Eve with Shem, which um, you know if you go all the way down his line came to our Lord Yeshua, and uh, so Shem was. It's almost like Abel was meant to not live because Shem needed to live because he was the one that was the progenitor of uh, of uh, Yeshua, um, way down the road, you no know, thousands of years, but. Um, and Noah and other righteous men too, but um, so it takes a lot, like you said, it takes a lot to contort these things to actually make them true. And and like you mentioned cults before, and I'm sure that at one time David Koresh, um, although he was totally perverse when it comes to scripture, you know, toward the end anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe his foundations weren't so so off at the beginning, and maybe the scripture speaks about leaven. A little leaven leaveneth the whole loaf, mm-hmm. and leaven is often equated with sin. And if you let a little sin in, it it doesn't. You just have to let it in, and it starts to work on everything. You know, you, you put a little bit of leaven in, in a, a, a lump of dough. And uh, you let it rise two or three times, and all of a sudden, the whole loaf of, of uh, dough is worth is full eleven. And uh, thank thank you for that because some really good pizza comes out of that, and some bread and stuff like that. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, um, yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, it's it's we have to be careful because if we if we let things like that go, uh, first of all, we let it go in our own lives. We could be deceived, and we can deceive ourselves, and the leaven works in us and deceives us even further. But if we see it in a brother and sister, and we let it go, we're not really help. Excuse me, we're not really helping them out. We're, we're allowing the sin to fester, fester in their lives. Pardon me. Um, and uh, when it festers in their lives, then they start teaching falsely, and you know. Somewhere there's almost like an implication that we didn't do something to stop their advance mm-hmm. into the um, the weirdness, so to speak. So, um, yeah. So anyway, um, I, I what is that? Somebody once said, "Scripture, God, God says what He means; it means what He says." And if it says something in Scripture, now, now, bear in mind that when uh, when especially the King James when it was. Um, Translated, there are some words that uh, have two or three meanings, and um, so when I read a scripture, what I what I always do is I go into um, Strong's Concordance because I use a Blue Letter Bible that's online, and I go into Strong's Concordance and I look up the different meanings to the words because sometimes there are other words that fit a little better. I mean, the uh, the meaning is sort of the same, but um, it makes more sense that way. Um, well, like, for instance, when you look up the word Nephilim and then you find out that it means fallen ones, well, that means total total sense. You know, they're, they're half-breeds, half-angels, and the angels were fallen, so that explains that. Um, but um, 
again, you let a little leaven in and it leavens the whole loaf and, and that's when things start going downhill. And, yeah. um, and we can choose to let it happen to those that are teaching it, or we could try to bring them to correction. And if they, which most times doesn't work because then yeah. pride has entered in and, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. Or, you know, I've got more training than you do, and therefore I'm right. And um, look at, um, man, where, where can we go in Scripture to look at people that had more training? The, the whole Sanhedrin had more more training in Scripture than everybody else, and they all rejected Yeshua. You know, the one, yeah. yeah. They were the very Scriptures that, that talked about yeah. him coming, they 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 were looking for something and something else was presented to them. They were looking for a conquering Messiah that would conquer Rome. Uh, suffering Messiah was presented to them to take away sins. And it's a good thing that he did come to take away sins first, because um, we were talking last week about the millennium <clears throat> and how at the millennium at end of the millennium, Satan is going to be loosed and there's going to be a whole bunch of people born during the millennium. They're not going to, um, know for sure what happened in the past, and they're not gonna. They're gonna be born into sin, in other words. And mm-hmm. um, and so, imagine if Yeshua had come, like he said, to do you not think I could bring what was it, nine legions of angels with me or something? Yeah. Like that, and 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 do what I have to do, but this has to be done to accomplish the purpose. So he had to get, he had to fix us inside before he could fix the outside. And, you know, if you have a car <clears throat> and it's not driving right, man, it could it could be all shiny outside. It could be, um, you know, have bucket, leather seats, uh, bucket leather seats, uh, be beautiful in the, in the cockpit of the car, so to speak. And uh, but if the engine's not working, it's not worth a darn, you know, so and that's what runs the car. So. You have to fix the engine first, and I know more people, especially around here, that are driving old beaters that are running really good. The car doesn't look great, but it runs like like a like a Swiss watch, you know. And um, and that's that's what is if he had never come to to fix us inside before he comes back to fix the outside, then we would have been perpetual sinners. Um, you know, we we would probably uh, well hell wouldn't have been emptied out. You know, like it was uh, when he when he died, and um, it just would have thrown a, a wrench in the whole works. <laughs> Speaking of fixing cars, but um, <laughs> anyway, um, so it's it's a good thing that uh, he came first to fix things. So we have to be fixed first inside before we can fix the outside. And if and if somebody is um, is presenting doctrine to people and teaching, and they're broken inside, then they really need to back off. And, and need to take a sabbatical and rest for a while and seek the Lord and to say, hey, you know, is, is what I'm doing right? You know, have I hurt anybody? Have I, has any, has anybody walked away because of me and, and stuff like that? Instead of having the attitude where I, I'm right, you're wrong. And that's all there is to it. Cause I've run into a lot of people like that in, in the Christian realm, you know, um, having a form of scripture knowledge, but denying the power thereof, so to speak. Um, so anyway, um, that pretty well, I guess, covers it for the 
for that part of what we were going to talk about tonight. And I have no idea how long we've been online. Uh, it's at least oh, an hour. An hour and seven minutes already. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That changes things. Okay, let's see. Not really. So we, we discussed Eve having uh, coitus with Lucifer in the garden. Um, oh, okay, false rapture. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, now, let me run something by you, okay? And and I, because I really want to get your thoughts on this, and um, you know, maybe maybe uh, you know, this is my thought, and maybe I'm wrong, and and you you know, you've got the answer for me. Um, and I'm always willing to accept that, okay, um, folks. If you write and you think you think any of us are wrong, either Brian or I, about something, write to us, tell us why. And, and, you know, present your evidence. And if, you know, you present good enough evidence and it's godly and everything else, then we'll look at it and we'll, we'll discuss it. And, you know, we, we always want people to check us on everything. Uh, yeah. Chuck Missler often said that too. Um, so anyway, um, here's, here's, um, I'm going to run a, a script by you, a, um, a short, uh, script, uh, uh Brian. Um, Okay, so we're in, a, we're in a messed up world as it is right now. Most of the people that I know of know maybe just a little bit about a knowledge that there is a God, if they know at all. Um, a lot of Christians um, don't go to church, they don't read their Bibles, so they listen to people, kind of like it was in the Middle Ages, except worse. They listen to people, and, and they gain their knowledge by listening and then parroting what those people say. Um and that is that's more gossip than it is gospel. And um, so anyway, they don't know scripture for the most part. And so um, you know we're, we're we're walking merrily along the way in our Christian walk, and and um, all of a sudden uh, uh, we think we know when the rapture is going to be and everything else, and and nobody knows. We know there's going to be one, um, preferably before. All this stuff hits the fan. Um, and um, so all of a sudden, we, we hear on the news, CNN, all the fake news, you know, because they're going to play into this. I feel like there's no tomorrow. Um, and we hear, oh, well, you know, um, all of a sudden, people have just disappeared. They've been, you know, UFOs, well, let's just use UFOs, okay? Um, have been seen all over the world and people have disappeared. And, and so, you know, being a, a believer and still here, you know, my first inclination would be, wow, you know, that's weird. But knowing that the New Age has talked about their own rapture for a long time, um, it's not so weird. But anyway, um, so Christians that don't know any better, think, oh, my goodness, you know, all these New Agers were, were telling me that, you know, they're going to get taken. They're gone. We're here. Maybe I was thinking the wrong thing. And, you know, I could see that leading to a worldwide uh, falling away because it says that, you know, the Antichrist won't come and, unless there's a, a great falling away. And I can't think of a better reason for for and, and falling away means that you had to be there to begin with. So it, it doesn't really mean uh, unbelievers. It means believers. Um, so, you know, 
so they they forsake the Lord and go after um, this great man that comes on the scene and starts saying he's God and he'll take care of everything and, and everyone and, and so they're they're gone they're falling away and they take his mark and that's it. Um, so that that's a little scenario that you know makes me think that there could possibly be a a false rapture on the horizon. I have a book uh, that's written by a woman um, who is channeling some uh, uh, some uh, entity named Tuella. And, um, you know, that's what the whole book was about. And, and I'm telling you, if I was a brand-new believer in Yeshua, and I read that, and I didn't know very much about the Bible or Yeshua, and I read that, I'd fall for it hook, lying, and sinker. I don't think the Lord would let me, you know, because if I'm truly his, he's going to protect me from that. But the temptation, I should say, would be there to fall for that hook, line, and sinker. It uses many scriptures. It uses a lot of... Um, uh, what people would call common sense and, and stuff like that. So, um, and the funny thing about the book is if you look at the cover, um, it's, it's looking at the earth as though you were on the inside of the earth and you could see the, you ever, you ever in a pool and you, and you can see what's above you. You're laying on the bottom and you can see what's above you. And, uh, that's the way this book is. And it, so in order for the, for things to look that way, you'd have to be inside the earth looking up at the continents. Because that's the way the continents are laid out, and this book is, and, and the UFO is sucking people in. So what it's really doing, it's sucking people into hell, um, or you know, not sucking, I shouldn't say, but you know, transporting people into hell, which to me is quite revelatory because it's showing that this, if there is a new age rapture, that's where they're going, and uh, it's not going to be a pretty thing either because if these things are real, and they are, I do believe these. These fallen angels and stuff, they, they kind of subsist on eating, um, people. But, um, anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. But, um, anyway, the, the, the menu might be, might look like it's say this, or it might look like a book that says to serve man, but it's really a menu like that Twilight Zones episode many years ago. But, um, so anyway, you know, with that in mind, Brian, you know, um, do you think that it's possible that maybe in order for for the devil to make everything look the same but opposite, that there could be something like that that would happen that may may or may not precede the, the, our 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 rapture to go to be with the Lord? Yeah, I mean he's a copycat. You know, he's not he doesn't do anything original. He steals everything like China steals our technology. Right. So, um, so yeah, that definitely could happen. I never thought of it much, but um, the more I looked into it, yeah, it totally could happen. Um, but the best way to know uh, what's fake is to know what the original is like. Like, right. you know, people who work in banks, they know what the counterfeit looks like because they know what a real $20 bill looks like. Exactly. So for believers that are watching us tonight, Christians who know the Lord, uh, know the scriptures. So mm-hmm. if I hear about millions of people disappearing and their spaceships being seen, and I'm still here, I know what the scripture says. There's no spaceships. Right. First Thessalonians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 13, verse 13 says right here, says, uh, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep or who have died, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. 
For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And the, the sister chapter to this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. And it talks a, a different angle, but it basically says this perishable must put on the imperishable. This mortal must put on immortality. So I, I write, I read this because there's several things in here that's going to happen. One, there's a voice of an archangel. Uh, there's a trumpet of God. The dead in Christ will rise. So there's events that are going to happen. So right. if the false rapture happens, um, first of all, if, if, if it's if I'm still here, I'm going to think, okay, it's, I know I'm the, I know I know the Lord. Right. Know that you, we talked about this last week. Know that you're saved. Know it. So I'm going to think, okay, I'm still here. And if I call my sister up who I know knows the Lord and she answers the phone, okay, something's going on. Right. right? And mm -hmm. so, uh, and if I hear about spaceships and these weird things happening all over the world, that doesn't even line up with scripture. Right. The, the authentic rapture is the voice of God, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, start, you know, and they could even fake, I, I read today, they can fake on television people rising from the dead from graveyards. They can right. have a live. I read that it was amazing. You can have a live camera on something, like being filmed live. But with computers now, they can change the image. Let's just say somebody's doing an interview live. All of a sudden, the the interviewer disappears and the mic falls to the ground. You think, oh my gosh, it's the it's the fake or it's the rapture. Mm -hmm. That can all be done with the computer so fast, and I think in three tenths of a second, they can change it where that person is missing out of that scene, and she's gone or he's gone, but the background remains the same. Right. So I, they have technology now uh, with megapixels and the pixels and cameras and all this stuff I have know nothing about. So they can do this. They can easily fake a fake rapture. They can easily do that, and mm -hmm. you'll know what's First of all, if you're a true believer and you're still here, it's fake. And second of all, if you hear about spaceships, it's fake. Right. If you hear anything that doesn't go along with the scriptures I just read, it's fake. Mm -hmm. So I can see the Illuminati and the One World Order. They know how we believe. They know what we believe. They know. Right. They know. Looking, most people are looking for a rapture or the second coming of Christ, which is a different event. But people are looking for these things. So they know how to fake those events mm -hmm. and to make us feel like, wow, we missed the rapture. The Bible was wrong. God's right. word was wrong. We're still here. If you're a weak believer and you don't know the scriptures, it would devastate you. You're left behind. The Bible's a lie. God lied to me. This is false. I wasted 10 years of my life following the Lord. It's a lie. That's exactly what the Illuminati of the One World Order wants you to think. They mm -hmm. want Christians to doubt. They want us to be afraid. 
They want us to, to, to blame God for every mistake that's ever made. And so uh, the false rapture would be a perfect event that could do that. And it mm-hmm. would stumble a lot of people. But I'm here tonight to tell you, First Thessalonians, First Corinthians 15, there's other places um, that speak about the second coming, the rapture, different things going on. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, then don't, and it is false. I mean, I guess that's the theme, the theme of the night is if you hear stuff and it doesn't line up with scripture and it's not in the Bible or even the, the premise of it in the Bible, just even the premise of it, then it's fake. It's wrong. It's false. And what a great um, way to really stumble a lot of people in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, television being live now, they have these live shots and satellites can beam something around the world in just a few seconds. Right. Um, it would be very easy for them with technology now to show people disappearing in a stadium, let's say, with a live camera on a game. But with the technology that they have, they can do that from a computer. Mm-hmm. And make a thousand people disappear in a stadium when they're actually there. Right. And so, um, and interview people, get people paid, actors to interview. Yeah, I was with my my mom and we were shopping and now she's gone. See, it's it's all smoke and mirrors, you know. Um, I, it's just, like, like with the, I don't even want to bring it up, but like with the election that we just had with the Democrats and what they did. They never deal with the issues. It's always smoke and mirrors. It's always somebody else's fault, something else. They're always, it's called deflection. Mm-hmm. And so with a fake rapture, it deflects. It deflects and discounts the real one that really happens. And then what happens is, folks, is it's say you're looking for the Lord to come and this fake rapture happens, if it does, and now you're thinking, Wow, uh, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong about the rapture. Now you're just you're disheartened. You're you're kind of bummed out, and mm-hmm. that's now you're like, what's the use? You know, I, I, you know, God didn't come back to take us. Now you're discouraged. Now you're not praying. Now you're not going to church. Now you're getting depressed. Now you're, you're so depressed, you probably want to go to work for a few days. Because why? Half the world is gone, supposedly. Right. And that, that's exactly what the enemy does. What You know what the enemy does? And I'm talking about the devil, because we talk a lot about him tonight. The devil works in lies, misinformation, and fear. And what did he say to Jesus in the wilderness? Doesn't the scripture say you can make these stones into bread? And Jesus says, you, can, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. So Satan uses scripture, twists it around the right moment, a false rapture. And didn't God say you would go in the rapture, Brian, but you're still here? Mm-hmm. So what do you say, Eve? Don't you eat of this fruit and you'll be like God? Right. It's always, Satan always makes or wants us to doubt God, that God is who he says he is, that God is going to take care of us and God will never leave us or forsake us. Right. So this whole fake rapture is a psychological ploy to put fear, if it does happen, 
to put fear into tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Christians around the world to make us doubt God. And who's behind right. that is Satan. Because mm-hmm. he's it's the scriptures, folks. Satan is the prince or the ruler and the power of the air. It doesn't mean just H2O, I mean not H2O, but oxygen. It means airwaves, microwaves, satellite waves, whatever they are. Satan controls the airways, and, and I can give you a perfect example. 90% of the stuff on television, or 95%, is garbage. That's right. It, it's, it's anti-God. It's, it's anti-scriptural. It's anti-American, too. I mean, besides just God, it's just, it's, it's just bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and who puts it into the hearts of men and women to make these things? Where does it come from? It comes right from the pit of hell. Not right. all of it. I'm saying all of it's bad, folks. There's some good things out there. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of the stuff we're being pushed on us, its roots go go into the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. And the spirit realm influences the physical realm. And then the physical realm does make something out of it and then puts it out there to everyone. Right. And that's why the Bible says in the last days, it said, and I mentioned this, I think, weeks ago, uh, be sober-minded, sober in spirit, knowing the will of God is for your life, but the time is evil. Paraphrase mm-hmm. it a little bit. So, uh, so this false rapture, um, this fake rapture, would definitely um, discourage a lot of people. But just so you know, folks, um, there's a, we get five crowns as rewards that we earn while we're living on the earth. When you get saved, you get a crown of salvation. And those crowns are seen in chapter 4 or 5 of Revelation. Uh, we're, we're before the throne and the 12, or 24 elders, they throw their crowns at the Lord's feet. Mm-hmm. So these crowns are rewards that we uh, get while we're living here. When you're saved, you automatically get one. You got one right there. The other ones you earn them, but you don't realize you're earning them. You're just living your life. as a right. If you walk Spirit and live in your life in the Holy Spirit, you will automatically walk in the things of the Lord, and these these rewards will be given to you without even you knowing it. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there trying to seek a crown, you're not going to get it. It's just in the premise of you seeking the crown, you're not going to get it. So, and and which, re, which re, Brian, which brings us back to that scripture of those who were on his left side. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. right. That's a good point. Yeah, that's right. And so um, with, the, with the crowns, there's a crown of righteousness, and that crown of righteousness, and there's one more, crown of glory, can't remember, um, that is given to those that are looking for Jesus' return or appearing. So if you're looking for Jesus to come back at any moment, because we don't know when the rapture is going to happen, both Dave and I agree with that 100%. Right. We just don't know. We think it's soon. We think it's soon, but we don't know. But whoever is looking for that appearing and is living their life like he can come at any moment, there's a crown of righteousness that will be given to that person when he shows up. Right. And so that's a reward for looking for the Lord's appearing. So um, the real rapture is the trumpet of God, the voice of an archangel, the dead in Christ will rise. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up and will meet the Lord in the air. And the word air there 
it 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 means the lower atmosphere of of the Earth. It's not mm-hmm. it's not above the Earth where the satellites are. It's not on the ground level. It's more of the mountaintop uh, elevations, 10, 20, 30,000 feet. We're going to meet right. the Lord somewhere in the lower atmosphere. It doesn't say where we're going to meet him. I'm just guessing because I think we're going to go to one spot to meet him. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be Redondo Beach. I don't think it's going to be Eugene, Brownsville. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be Jerusalem. That's my right. opinion. I think we'll meet him over Israel. All the saints of the whole world will meet him over the top of Jerusalem, over the probably the Temple Mount area in the sky. We'll, we'll, I, I, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not in scripture and be right up front, but it does say we'll meet him in the air. Right. And if we're being taken up by flying saucers and Nephilim and spacecraft, uh, even if you're, that's not it. And, and does it say, for instance, you don't hear that it's a spaceship. You just hear people have disappeared. Then look and see who they are. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Look and see who they were or are. Yeah. Look and see who they were and investigate it. Don't freak out. If you know mm-hmm. that you're saved like 150% and this happens and there's and they don't have no explanation, don't freak out. Do some research. Call some people that you know that are believers. And if they start answering the phone, then there's your answer. Right. And, and then watch the news, but also do your own research because – there's a lot of technology out now that's to deceive us. A lot of stuff is out there to deceive us and, and trick us. Like I said, they can make a live shot on a camera look live and a person disappear instantly and make it look real. Right. You know, and so, or they can make a, put a person back into the frame like they just appear. We have technology. And one of the things we were going to talk about tonight was the beast. And I'm sure we're going to have time, but. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if I kind of go into that? Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up real quick, Brian, was that those that that scripture that you quoted, I think it was Philippians, um, about uh, don't be worried because that day will not come until. Um, yeah. That is actually what precipitated that, from my understanding, is that there was a rumor going around that city or in that church that the rapture had already happened and that they were left. Right. So that was a perfect illustration of what we were talking about. <laughs> first, first Thessalonians. First, first Thessalonians. Thessalonians. That's right. Uh, chapter four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. You know, that's why that was written. You're right. Yeah. People yeah. thought it happened already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even back then it was a fake, fake rapture supposedly. <laughs> right. But, but yeah. And so, and, you know, folks, as we get closer and we get further down the, the, the road of humanity, of us living on this planet, as this like 2021 goes on and 20, if, if, if we make it to the end of this year, more and more things are going to happen prophetically. So um, it'd be a great thing if you haven't already. Look up bible prophecies that jesus talked about that will happen in the last days before he comes just do a little word search on your phone what are the prophecies that are happening that jesus talked about however you want to put it in there and write that little list down and whatever it is israel is the main prophecy of end times israel and write those down and every day you hear something about those little prophecies pop up on the news 
You make a note of it. Right. And you'll be surprised after a week how much is happening. If I can just get it across these airwaves, how important it is to follow Bible prophecy, but to live for the Lord while you follow Bible prophecy. Because there's right. a lot of people out there that follow this stuff that don't know the Lord or they do it as a hobby, and it's just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Know the Word of God for yourself and for your family. And as you see that day approaching, how do you know that day is approaching? Only if you know the signs. Right. And it's like going on a long trip. If you can't read the signs, you don't know when the next rest stop is. You can't mm-hmm. read. It just looks like a bunch of words, all letters back and backwards. But if you can read like most of us can, rest stop two miles ahead. You know you have two miles to go. Prophecy is like the signs along a highway. It tells you how close you're getting to the destination. Right. So we're getting very, very, very close to the destination of the Lord returning. I don't know when. Uh, I think it's before. Um, I think it's our generation, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if I live to be in my 80s, I think I could see it before I'm in my late 80s or mid 80s. And I'm 62. Mm-hmm. So well, who knows? But I just know from what Scripture says and what's happening. It's it's fastly it's approach, approaching like a train, like an out of control train. It's coming right down the tracks. Right. And. And so um, be ready. Live for the Lord. If you, if you got anger issues tonight, give them to the Lord. If, you got, if you're angry at people because they've hurt you and you just can't let go, you got to let it go. you got to let it go. It's just a weight around your neck. And Lord, mm-hmm. I just want you to carry it. You can't change those people that hurt you, but you can change the way you feel about it. Right. You know? And so... Um, the, the, the rapture is going to be the single greatest event that would ever happen to the earth since it was created. When that finally mm-hmm. happens, it's the single greatest thing. The next thing after that, you know, is, is when God returns to set up his kingdom. But the rapture for the church is unbelievable. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. One moment we're going to be at our job. The next moment we're going to be flying to somewhere in the sky to meet our Lord. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, and we're going to have a feast. He's got a wedding feast for us, and the angels are going to serve us, and we're going to see all our family and friends that have died and gone on before us are going to meet us in the air. Mm -hmm. So if you've got cancer tonight, you won't have cancer. If you've got depression tonight, there'll be no depression. You got a broken heart tonight. It won't be broken anymore. And uh, you feel the joy, inexpressible joy, you have never felt in your life. And that's our future. That's the future of the church, you know. And then, so I want to go any more because uh, we have more to talk about. So yeah, yeah. The other thing that you know you we were going to talk about, and, and that was a good segue into it actually, is that. Um, Scripture is quite clear, as far as I'm concerned, that um, in the last days that there's there's going to be another temple in Jerusalem and that sacrifices are going to be performed in that temple. Um, the, the Jewish people right now do not believe that, um, that Yeshua was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. So in a way, in, a vein, in vain, they're going to be um, 
offering sacrifices that really are not not, not going to do any good. But um, but it is going to happen. And um, there, it says in Scripture that the um, the Antichrist or the false prophet is going to set up a an image in in the um, temple, and that the temple it's it's even going to have the ability to talk. And what that is right now, we can speculate, but we really don't know. And we'll see. Well, hopefully we won't see it, but maybe. I don't know. It's all according to when he has his plan for to come get us. But um, anyway, there are those who are saying. Now, bear in mind, the Bible says that the um, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and remember, it says the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning that the... Um, it's a temple for people that have the Holy Spirit, and then those are believers. Those are uh, me and Brian and a lot of you um, that believe that Yeshua is Lord and the Lamb of God, and that He came to die and, and set us free, and and uh, and and we're born again. Um, so, but it doesn't. It is not the temple of people that are not born again. <laughs> um, so. And that's why, in, in in some ways, I'm so set against people getting tattoos after they get saved because the Bible never says to put graffiti on a temple. But anyway, um, that's that's another show for another day. But um, and, and if you do have tattoos, I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to say think twice about getting them. Um, but um, so anyway, um, being that it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there, there are some people that are out there that are saying that um, when the Antichrist comes, that the beast is not actually going to be. Now, there may be actually something in the temple because the Bible says that. But they're saying that the, the real beast is going to be within every person, within the temple of every person. And that it's going to be what controls you and what uh, it will speak to you and and the whole nine yards. And um so there again, true, uh, scripture is being twisted and contorted to fit an idea that isn't necessarily biblical. Um, and um, so, and this goes into the whole thing with nanobots and uh, with the, Joel's army and and uh, becoming and, and them trying to make you into a something, uh, change you from a Homo sapien into a, a Homo Deus um, God man. And um, probably making you uh, the offer that you will, um, you'll be like God, kind of like he did with Eve. You know, you're not going to be dead. You're going to be like God and uh, and promising eternal life, maybe, too. So anyway, I don't want to steal, steal anything away from what you have to say, Brian. But um, anyway, that's that's what we're going to talk about now. That's the uh, probably what we'll wrap it up with. And um, and uh, I don't know if we'll get to December of uh, Christmas, the Christmas rapture. But um, anyway, um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on it? What does the Bible well, say? Well, um, man, that's a bit, it's a good subject. Um, and this is when people, like you said, twist. Scripture says there's two beasts in the book of Revelation. And the beast one, let's just make it simple, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Right. And and so they're they're mentioned in Revelation 13, 13. Um actually 13, 13 is the false prophet. Okay, what's the false prophet? 
It's a okay. It's a copy of Jesus and John the Baptist. John the Baptist came as a prophet to declare the Messiah is about to come. He paved the way. Whose sandal he was not worthy to untie. Everybody who knows the scriptures know that John uh, was proclaiming that someone greater than him was going to come and was going to free Israel, basically, and, and but he didn't get the whole picture, but was going to take sins away. So in the same way, the Antichrist, anti or like, which it means like, has the false prophet as his John the Baptist mm-hmm. to bring credibility to the Antichrist. Because if, if a person just says they are who they are without anybody giving a witness to it, it's, it's just a, it's just that just that person's word. And right. So not only does the false prophet support the Antichrist with words, but he supports him with miraculous deeds to give credibility to the Antichrist. Now the Antichrist is a human being indwelt, I believe, by Satan himself. Right. Many people in the world are, are indwelled by demons as we speak. And so this person is dwelt indwelt by Satan himself, Lucifer. And so the Antichrist, which is dwelt by Lucifer, has a I call Batman and Robin. Robin is the false prophet. Right. And this false prophet will have power, it says in Revelation 13, 13, to bring fire down from heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with technology, could that be done? Yeah, with cameras, lasers, and satellites. Who knows? I'm just throwing that out there. But, yeah, we have technology now. There's stuff out there that they won't even tell us they have that would blow our minds. Right. It's, Cell phones that we have now, these iPhones, these are outdated compared to what the government has. They had these 40 years ago. Right. And so so the technology out there to, to, to do these miraculous things is out there. But, uh, but I was thinking about this today. Satan doesn't need technology. He can do those things. Mm-hmm. These, these fallen angels have unbelievable power. And they could bring little fire down from heaven. And there's another part where that the false prophet, uh, there's an image made to the Antichrist, and the false prophet causes it to speak. Right. So is that could that be technology? Yeah, sure, it could be. It totally could be. It could mm-hmm. be a, a hologram, however you want to. I forgot it was a hologram, I think. It could right. be something like that. But uh, the more and more... Um, I'm thinking that this is really going to happen. They could use technology to do this, folks, but why would they need technology? These are demonic super beings. They don't need cell phones. They don't need cars. They don't need to eat food and drink water and breathe air. Their technology, they don't need technology. They are technology, and um, they have the power to do these things. And uh, without Technology will they? Who knows? Um, but that's what's going to happen. So this, these two beasts, the greater beast is the Antichrist. The other one is the false prophet. Is going to bring authority to the Antichrist. So give him, uh, just authenticate him to the to the world. And then what's 
what's all this about? What's the beast going to do? Well, the first beast, which is the Antichrist, is going to declare himself the Messiah. And in order to get to that point, what he's going to have to do first is do something that nobody in the world has ever done up until that point. And it's going to be the miracle of a peace treaty between Israel and all its neighbors around her. Not just one nation, but all the nations around her. And it's called a covenant. And the covenant is going to be for seven years, and that's Daniel 9.27. It says for one week. And in the scriptures, though, a week is seven, means seven years in Daniel. It goes into that, actually, in other chapters. It actually goes into exactly how many days is in the week. And so that one week of seven years, the Antichrist is going to get, in my opinion, those nations to sign a peace treaty with Israel for seven years. That, and this is my opinion because people differ here, so I'm just throwing this out there, that starts the clock of the seven-year tribulation. Some say, well, if, if you're pre-trib and the rapture happens, does that start the tribulation? No. If you're post-trib, does that start the middle of the tribulation? The tribulation is seven years, and it's very specific. The middle of the tribulation is called the Great Tribulation, and we're we'll getting into that in a minute. But in the beginning of the tribulation, what starts the clock to tick? It's a signing of a document for a peace in the Middle East with all the nations, all our enemies of Israel. The moment that ink hits the paper, that starts the clock of seven years. Right. In the middle of those, in the first part of the seven years, there'll probably be there'll be peace, but not great. I mean, it's it's we're talking human mankind is evil. I mean, you can't keep you can't keep them tied up forever. And so, there will be a relative peace, but all hell will be breaking out in the natural realm. Earthquakes. Actually, I take that back. In the beginning, there is a war. It's the first horse, the full horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, take a third of the earth with them, or a quarter of the population has died in the first few months. The Antichrist comes in, brings peace, gets everything fixed. There's relative peace for a while, but then in the middle of the tribulation, he goes into the temple, the beast, because it says the beast, goes into the temple. And is there an image set up in the temple? I don't think so, because it's going to be Jewish sacrifices. So he's going to go in there and desecrate it. And I think one of the ways he's going to desecrate it, there's been several views. He actually brings a pig in there and sacrifices it. And others believe that he goes in, in which he does, and declares himself to be God himself in the middle. That's what the scripture says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm just throwing both out there. But yes, what the scripture says, yes, that's right. He declares himself to be God. And at that point, literal, all hell breaks out on earth. I mean, it gets bad. And so, but these two beasts work in tandem together. One's the Antichrist, one's the false prophet. And they cause everyone to take a mark, the 666, that's what we all are told. But we know now that, it, that with technology, they can easily mark every person in the world uh, digitally, you know, digital. So, um, and they make them to worship this image. They, he builds some type of image and they... And they make everyone to worship this image. You don't worship the image. You don't worship the Antichrist. You're killed. You can't even buy. You can't even buy food. You can't buy water. You can't buy anything unless you have this mark. And mm-hmm. so, 
uh, has this ever happened before about this image? And I looked, and it happened in Daniel, um, Daniel 3, verse 1 through 7. Nebuchadnezzar was a king of Babylon. He had an image made that was basically, I think, said uh, 90 feet high and like 10 or 15 feet wide. And he set it up where everybody could see it. And at a certain time of the day, whenever it was, they would blow an instrument. And if you heard that instrument, you were to face that image and bow down toward it. If you right. didn't, you were killed. And that's called, that's in uh, chapter three. And that's where Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, the three prophets, of the three friends of Daniel, were thrown into the fiery furnace. A lot of people know that passage is very famous. But it's it's a similar thing to what is going to happen with the Antichrist. You know, uh, he's right. going to, an image made, false prophet's going to bring power to it somehow to make it talk, to make it look alive. People are going to worship it. You don't worship it, you get killed. So mm-hmm. is the beast a physical, is the beast like the image of the beast, like a statue in the temple? I don't think so. I think it's the actual beast himself. It's the actual right. Antichrist, he's in the temple. Just him being in there desecrates it. And so the other beast is the false prophet. And they are given a certain amount of time on this planet to do what they have to do. But believe it or not, well, you ought to believe because the scripture says these two were put on the earth, allowed to be here by the Lord himself, because this is part of his plan. And the part of the plan of the tribulation which the tribulation is spoke about in Daniel is twofold. And the first reason the tribulation is going to happen is because of sin and man's rebellion against God. One. Two, it's to purge Israel and get her ready for the Messiah to show up. Because right. I can't remember the passage, but when he does show up at this time, at the end of this period of time, the Israelites and those living in the land at the time will look up at the one they have pierced and they will mourn and weep and cry because they will realize. That's right. I got goosebumps because they will realize Mm -hmm. at that time that their forefathers crucified this person, this God, and and God will just take the veil off of their eyes and they, they will see him for who he really is. And so it's to purge Israel. You get her ready for the Messiah it's to judge the world for its its sin and rebellion against, against God. And it's also a time that God shows his mercy because during this time, millions and millions of people will get saved. It will be the greatest revival in the history of the church. And, and so uh, that's what it's about. But this beast um, is the Antichrist and the false prophet. And I believe... The beast will go into the temple and declare himself to be the Lord at this time. So. Mm-hmm. Well, the um, it says the um, something I can't remember the name of it right now. The um, abomination that causes desecration. Yeah, and yeah, uh, a lot of people think that that refers to when um, Antiochus Epiphanes, the Greek, went into the temple of um, I think it was Hezekiah's temple. And um, and actually sacrificed a, uh, a swine on on the uh, altar, and um, I think he may have had an image of um, 
one of the Greek gods put in there also. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because um, when uh, Yeshua was talking to the people, he said, uh, you will not see me again until you say, Baruch HaBab Hashem Adonai, or blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And that fits right in with what you were talking about, that um, they're going to realize that, you know, this the, this is the one we have pierced. Um, and so they'll be weeping and, um, and there'll be a national repentance and then they'll cry out for that. And that's mm-hmm. when he'll come back. He'll come back to save Israel. Um, I, I often get amused by, uh, some of the, uh, some people in the church that, um, uh, that say Israel has no meaning anymore, that Israel's been written off because of their unbelief, that, uh, God has totally written them off and has nothing to do with them ever again. And, and I, and I'll always say, well, then that makes you Israel, right? Well, yeah. And then I'll say, well, you know, well, he's coming back to save Israel, to redeem Israel, right? And they go, yeah. And I go, well, you know, according to what I understand about Christianity, you're redeemed, right? So why would he come back to redeem somebody who is redeemed? You know, so you've, you've just, yeah. t- you've, you've taken your own, <laughs> Um, your own uh, redemption and nullified it, saying that you need to be redeemed again. And I'm like, and, and then I look at it and I go, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you do need to be redeemed. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting time. It's, it's, um, I know there's going to be a temple. Yeshua said there would be a temple. Yeah. Um, right. And, and then, uh, Revelation, it does say all those things you were talking about. And um, and I think that temple survives actually afterwards and is, is used to uh, there are, there are going to be sacrifices that are going to be given even after Yeshua returns. If you read uh, what is it Ezekiel the last few chapters of Ezekiel, it talks about sacrifices during the millennium, and it even talks about I think there's going to be sacrifices um, uh, the new world after the new heaven and the new earth, and those are going to be. Um, thank, uh, what is it? Uh, sacrifices of thanksgiving, basically, and acknowledgement. You know, right. they're not going to be for sin or anything like that because that's already been done. And, um, I don't know how many Jews I've run into when I was, um, passing out tracts, well, San Francisco or even in Sacramento. And I would be approached and I'd say, well, it was for our people, you know, that he died, you know, and he goes, oh, you know, and I get in this big argument. And I'll, I'll say, well, what about Isaiah 53? Well, that was referring to our people. And I said, well, when, since when can mankind redeem himself? You know, that's impossible. That would have negated all of the, um, all the sacrifices that were ever instituted by God. It would, it would negate everything, you know? So by your own statement, you just condemned your own statement because you've, yeah. uh, yeah, prayer just doesn't cut it when it comes to redemption, um, except for a prayer, a prayer of accepting Yeshua into your life, heart, and uh, and then living for Him. But um, anyway, uh, it's uh, what well, you know. We got time to fit it in real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a, a a thought that was going around. I'm going to say a thought uh, and. Uh, it was it was of a prophetic nature um, last year 
that the false rapture was going to happen on or around Christmas Day. Um, and that the, uh, the, um, the elites and some of the, those that are in the deep, deep state and the swamp and stuff like that and, and a lot of new agers and stuff like that would be taken at that time. And, uh, folks, you got to be really careful when people start saying stuff like this and you really got to start examining the people that are saying it because first of all, we're commanded, uh, never to give dates. Okay. Um, Yeshua said, you know, neither the day or the time. Yes, he was talking about his return, but even setting dates. Um, I think the only one that ever set a date that was uh, accurate was Daniel when he was talking about the 70 weeks and the 69 mm-hmm. weeks when Messiah would be cut off. But it didn't come down to the exact day, but it came down into the general area of that year. And, um, but be very careful when people start setting dates or seasons or whatever, because um, now I, what I've noticed is that myself, I think that the, the prophetic office is very, very akin or very much alike to what the prophetic office was before Yeshua came. Um, although some of the penalties for false prophecy aren't carried out, um, and, and rightfully so, I guess, in our modern society. But because um, it used to be if you were a false prophet, you got stoned to death. And I have run into more people that have been false prophets. And basically what it is is like, well, when, when the thing doesn't happen, it's like, well, it wasn't God's timing or God changed his mind. Well, I'm sorry, but God doesn't change his mind when he comes when he comes down to something that's as crucial as setting a date and a time. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, he, he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. That's crazy. He, you know, and, and it's, it gets swept under the rug, and it's, you know, it's like, where, where is the penalty? Where is the um, keeping each other responsible for, um, or accountable, I think is a better word, for, for mm-hmm. a false prophecy? You know, it isn't done. And, um, of course, yeah, we live in an age of grace. But if people are, are giving out false prophecy and bringing false hope um, or false information even, then uh, it needs to be dealt with. And I'm sure, Brian, you've been to churches where things have happened and mm-hmm. and the offender isn't isn't um, correct that he's just moved to another church. Yeah. You know, uh, somewhere yeah. where he hasn't been known before and. And he continues on his way, and that's you know um, totally unscriptural. But just um, when when you hear people say like um, like was was being said last year that the false rapture is going to happen at or around Christmas, and well, what is it now? It's it's March eighth, Monday, March eighth, yeah. and still I haven't seen a false rapture. Um, but I'm sure, you know, things like this are swept under the rug. Oh, well, Lord changed his mind. No, I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't do that. He, um, he just doesn't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, so just be careful. Uh, be careful who you're following. Be careful who you listen to. Uh, like Brian talked about counterfeits earlier. The, the reason that a person in a bank is so good at finding counterfeits is that, um, my knowledge is that when they're, um, 
when they're first hired at a bank, they're, they're trained to just handle money. They sort money, they, you know, everything else like that. They get a feel of it, what real money feels like so that when they, somebody tries to slip them a fake 20 at a bank or something like that, they, they can feel it's different. You know, the paper is different. It's not a cloth. It's more of a paper. Um, and, and the whole nine yards and, um, Jesus said, uh, Yeshua said that my, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. And how are you going to hear his voice if you don't spend time with him? You know, and, and if you spend time with him, then you'll know that when the false prophets are talking that it's, that it's bupkis. It's, it's something that you shouldn't be listening to and you dismiss them. You tell them to go away. You know, you're not going to hear them. You're not going to listen to them. You're not going to pay attention to them instead of, um, as Christians, we, we tend to uh, forgive and forget. You know, well, there's certain parameters that God has set where you don't, uh, especially when it comes to prophecy, you may forgive, but you don't forget. And you remember that this person or those people or whatever have um, have been bit less than reliable when it comes to presenting supposed words of the Lord. So that would be my admonition tonight is just to just to be careful Examine everything. Don't jump into things right away. You hear something. The, the, the scripture says that the prophets are um, subject. The spirit of the prophets. Well, the prophets are subject to the spirit of the prophets. Uh, basically, it's saying that uh, when a prophet comes up with something, there has to be more people that, that agree with it, and they have to be prophets. So I'm um, just looking at the time. It's getting kind of late, so we should probably. But um Anyway, folks, um, it's been a, a lot of fun, Brian, being with you again on yeah, the air here. And uh, a lot of good subjects tonight. And uh, I think we brought a lot of clarity, hopefully, to a lot of people. And um, if anything, you know, it's just the air on the side of caution rather yeah. than jumping in feet first. Um, you jump into a cold pool, you can get a heart attack. You, you touch the water first with your foot, you realize it's cold, you don't jump in. So... Um, Having said that, folks, we, we pray that you have a wonderful week. You have a, a splendid week, actually, and that you grow in Yeshua and leaps and bounds and that um, you just um, you pray and that uh, he uh, grants you everything that he has for you, everything that you need. And I always say not necessarily what you want, because a lot of times what you want is not what you need. <laughs> you know, I'd like to, I want to hit the lottery, but I know that it would be detrimental to my <laughs> to my life because I, I know what money does and I don't want that to happen to me. So um, anyway, um, that having been said, folks, uh, be blessed. Brian, you be blessed. Uh, uh, you're in our prayers always, you and your family. And um, <laughs> as I was going to say, you're your family. They're sort of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um so um, with that, I don't know, I'm kind of running out of things to say. So um, be blessed, everybody. And Brian, um, I'll get this up and running tonight sometime, and All we'll right. see what happens. So. All right. Bye, folks. It's great. God bless you guys. Definitely. Good night. Good night.